0: Naturally. I do it naturally. Baby. Baby. Welcome to Courtside Moms. I'm your host, Wendy Sparks. Today is the second episode of our Magic Mom Month, and I am totally blessed to have the opportunity to speak to Crystal McCrary-McGuire, the mother of Cole Anthony. Cole was recently drafted in November 2020 to the team and has already been playing a big role. Let's welcome Crystal to the show and talk about that and more. Thank you so much, Crystal, for coming on Courtside Moms. I really appreciate you taking your time to spend time with me, another magic mom.
1: (laughs) I'm so thrilled to be here. I like the sound of that magic moms. Mm -hmm. I guess that's what we are. We're we're pretty magic. Absolutely.
0: (laughs) This must be a busy weekend for your family with Cole in town for the next two games against the Nets and the Knicks and your husband's campaign as he is running for the mayor of the most exciting city in the world. So tell me, what is that like for you? Oh, gosh, where to begin? I feel like it's always busy because
1: um, I have three kids. You know, well, I guess I can't really call Cole a kid anymore, can I? I mean, he's 20.
0: Still, your I baby. Would
1: seem like my baby. He's always my baby. Amen. But um, two at home. I have. Um, we have our 18-year-old daughter who's in the middle of college applications. We have an eight-year-old son who's um, in second grade. And as you mentioned, my husband is running for mayor of New York City, Fantastic. which, as you can imagine, is pretty time-consuming <laughs> and exciting. Of course. Um, and um, and then Cole is in town. Yes, they're in town. But with with the COVID restrictions there are, you know, you can't really, you know, get to spend time with them in the way that you would, you know, be able to under normal circumstances. So, but it is, it's just happy to, you know, I'm happy to just have him in the same, in the same city.
0: Yeah, it's so true. He's so close, but yet so far, right? I know. (laughs) I know. It's tough. So Cole is currently 20 and has- Already had an impactful life from playing bas- from baseball then basketball at a young age, having a dad in the NBA, a mom as a filmmaker, playing AAU to now in the NBA. So let's start from the beginning of his passion for basketball and where it all started.
1: Wow. Well, he's just always been a very athletic kid. He was an athletic baby. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> And and really competitive. Um, I'm sure, as you have experienced with with your son, just at a young age, they display um, physical talents. I mean, yes. he had his his physical mobility. I think developed faster than um, you know anything else. His motor skills. Yes. And so he was you know before he could even actually crawl, he was seven months old, sitting up and he would throw a ball overhand. You'd give him a ball, and he'd throw it overhand. And I was like, huh, that's curious. You're throwing a ball overhand at this young. And um, he actually, I said he wasn't even crawling. He actually um, walked before he could crawl. Really? Uh, Yes. I think the mechanics of crawling was trickier for him than just the actual mechanics of of walking. Hmm. Uh, And then, then, then always just very competitive. Um, From a a really young age, from like the age of three, I remember him um, getting into a race, just a foot race down the street with a kid who was almost eight years old, and he lost the race by maybe an inch, and he was um, inconsolable. Was so upset that he lost and I was like honey you know you're only three you almost won he's almost eight and he said my feet are supposed to be faster than his Aww. and so it was just I'm like hmm, okay that's when I in my in my mind I was just looking at this kid thinking you um
0: you're pretty competitive already and yeah <laughs> as a baby Well, young Cole said he wanted to play basketball at such a young age. Do you think he felt pressured to play because he had an NBA dad?
1: I don't think he really felt pressured because of that. I think that he just really loved the game. I think that uh, he was just deeply passionate about the game of basketball. And it was aspirational. It was a dream, Uh, you know, as, millions of kids Mm -hmm. around the world, you know, who love sports and in particular basketball, just the, you know, the NBA um, is a dream. And I don't think he was so different in that dream. uh, But I think perhaps as it relates to his father, I think that because he actually knew that his father had played in the NBA, I think from that perspective, perhaps he Um, felt like the aspiration was a little closer to a potential reality because he had a, you know, his dad as a role model who of of someone who was actually in the NBA. Right. Um, But even that, I mean, that's, you know, that's not enough
0: on its, on its face. Right. So. Right. Well, he started playing AAU ball in the fifth grade. AAU is highly competitive. Were you convinced that your son was ready for that level? Well, he actually started
1: playing AAU in um, third grade. Oh. Uh, He started playing AAU in third grade, Mm -hmm. and his first um, AAU road trip, uh, I mean, road trip, like where they went to the nationals, actually was in fourth grade. I remember we took a... A van, you know, those vans that um, not not like the fancy buses that that the teams travel in now where you have like well-financed AAU programs. I mean, we took a van that that we drove with this group from New York City down to Lexington, Kentucky. So I think it was maybe a 14 hour drive. And it was the sort of van where the seats didn't recline. So you're like sitting up. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, and if that wasn't bad enough, it was a van that had a wraparound <laughs> where they have an advertisement around the van of the, of the team. So we like looked like a mobile advertisement driving, uh, down South, Wow! Uh, but yeah, that was the first time he, uh, played in, in the nationals
0: but he was probably so excited to get in this van and, and and go where he had to go. I mean, I remember my son playing AAU. It wasn't He wasn't that young at all. He was a teen. Mm-hmm. But they drove from Montreal to Florida. And it was like wow. 22, 23 hours in a van that has square wheels. Everybody's sitting straight up <laughs> all the way there. Everybody wow. in the van was like 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six and up. And it, they didn't care. <laughs> they just wanted They're to get there. Happy. Oh yeah, it's
1: amazing what they um, will do at that age, and um, they don't even think about the the you know discomfort. They're just happy to be with their with their teammates. Yeah, you know their their brothers. I mean, that's how it was for Cole. Right. Uh, he he didn't. He could have been. I mean, it didn't matter what he was in. He was just happy to be with his buddies. Yeah. You know, you think of all the motels you stay in on these road trips as well. And for the kids, you know, doesn't doesn't matter where they are. They're just happy to be together and and to be playing the game that they love to play so much. I mean, at least that's um, Cole's experience. I mean, like two of his best friends um, that are actually with him in Orlando now, he met playing AAU basketball. Mm -hmm. I think they met in third grade. They may have even met in second grade, like on a like a less competitive than AAU, whatever. that. Like, I don't know if it's, you go through different phases, but uh, he met them and they are his brothers to this day.
0: That's awesome. So you attended his games and started shooting footage of his games and more. So what inspired you to do this? And what did you see that was so special that you wanted to capture it all on film? Right, so I... And you know, by my education, I
1: am a lawyer. I stopped practicing many, many years ago, but I practiced entertainment law, and then I started writing books, and then uh, went into creating um, TV and film. And so I had been creating and and producing a series, um, a docu series uh, on it was on BET, and I just got the experience of you know. Profiling different subjects in these series that I had done, and I was at the same time going to all these games with Cole, as well as being, you know, like the the, I was the basketball mom. Everybody Mm -hmm. came to our house. It was, you know, I was carpooling and (laughs) you know cooking five hundred pancakes in the morning, (laughs) and uh, I had the opportunity. Uh, Which was a joy for our family, for Cole to meet so many different um, boys Mm -hmm. from, you know, different backgrounds, different parts of New York City. And I just thought that the bond that they created was really special. And they were also just these boys, they were characters. I mean, they were they were straight up comedy. And so I said, you know, let me just, let me film them and and put a camera on them and see what comes out of it. Right. And I had gotten to know a lot of their families as well, as you do, you know, with AAU basketball, you become friends with the uh, parents of the other players. You know, you're, again, you're sitting at those games together. Oftentimes you're in a, in a gym, you know, 12 hours. Remember when they used to play, like, three, four games Mm -hmm. in a day. A day. (laughs) And we were tired. (laughs) Right, you were tired. And so um, in any event, and it gave me an opportunity as I'm filming the boys and I said, I need to really start filming the families. Yeah. And uh, it was, um, the theme of it, you know, on a macro level was everybody has a dream. And for these boys, their dream was to play basketball and it meant something different to each boy. And it also meant something different to each family. Right. And so that, to me, was a fascinating exploration as well, uh, to you know, get to know one of the boys' families who, for them, him playing basketball and him showing talent at this age, kind of brought the family together during a challenging time when they kind of lost everything in the real estate. Crash of New York City. So right. it was like this galvanizing activity that brought the family joy and yeah. family time. Yeah. You know, another kid played on the team, and the mom wanted him to play on the team because he lived in a really tough neighborhood that was gang ridden. Yeah. And so for her, him just being able to get away and go out of town every weekend, she felt like it kept him safe. Of course. So there are all sorts of stories mm-hmm. like that. But again, what was going on in each of these boys' families' lives, um, it was like the the team was the safe haven
0: for right. them. So when you were shooting, um, your, when you were doing all this filming, did you know then that you wanted to do a documentary and create Little Ballers? So... I didn't, you know,
1: it's interesting. I didn't really know what it was going to be when I was shooting it. it I just knew with my documentarian eye that there was footage there yeah. that I wanted to get. And so the first iteration of Little Ballers was actually, you know, 20 minutes. And I really just profiled the boys and their families and the coach as well. Yeah. Um, and, and then as I, you know, energy started sort of mounting behind it and I was getting excited about it and my creative juices were flowing around it. And I said, you know, I want to do something more with this. And I, you know, built a team um, of, of people that had interest in documentary film. So I went to the the former NBA player he's now actually ironically a coach for an assistant coach for the Nets <laughs> I went oh, to Amari Stoudemire who at the time was playing for the Knicks and he had he had a production company and I showed him the footage and he was like yeah bring me on and the idea in bringing him on was to be able to expand it and think about huh well I'm telling the stories of these boys who are playing AAU basketball. How about I bring in the stories also of NBA players as there's like the the A story and the B story. And the B story is the NBA players that share their parallel experiences of when they played AAU ball and they, you know, serve as a different view of what these boys went through and what they potentially have to look forward to or not. And they just gave it a different perspective. So I brought in other NBA players, yeah. you know, like Steve Nash was in, Oh gosh, that's the coach of uh, <laughs> Nets. Well, yeah. Brooklyn Nets energy, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Steve Nash is a Canadian, right? Yes. Yeah. yes. Um, but Steve, right. Steve Nash was in it. Russell Westbrook, yes.
0: um, Carmelo Anthony, Carmelo Anthony
1: yeah. um, Walt <laughs> Clyde Frazier. Uh yeah. um, But then and then I brought in journalists. I said, oh, well, let me get the perspective of Bill Roden, who was the longtime New York Times um, sports writer, uh, you know, Roland Martin. And uh, I got it. I was like, oh, let me get a sports agent. Let me get. So I really tried to mix up and give a um, larger view of what youth basketball um, can do for young men and young women. Cause actually I had a WNBA player and I ended up doing a little ballers for women uh, with Skylar Diggins after that. But anyway, it was just, it was a wonderful uh, experience that uh, was really, tr- you know, transformative and uh, really it was my first, it was my first feature documentary that I, I directed oh, as okay. well.
0: Yeah, I, I I watched it um, this morning and I absolutely loved it. Oh, I thank you. Did you see parallels! It. Yes, and that's what I loved most about it because it really showed the path. You know what I mean? Because they're so innocent. You know what I mean? The boys—they don't care. Like you were saying before, they just want to get on the court and play. But what I loved about it was they were such a family. You know what I mean? They brought each other in and they're like, okay, this is what we have to do. We're a team. We're a family. We have to move forward. We got to get this win. We got to." You know what I mean? I just loved it because they were so young, the kids. You know what I mean? And then listening to like Carmelo Anthony, for example, when he was talking about when he was an AAU and you know what I mean? And here he was an NBA player. So it's just good to see, to compare the two, you know what I mean? Because it showed um, a watcher well, what could actually happen and what's the path to sure. to become an NBA player, right? Or just to play yeah. pro ball at all. So I thought it was fantastic and I'm so happy that I fell on it this morning. I really, really uh, am. Thanks <laughs> for watching it. Absolutely. Well, I thought that you just, when you
1: brought up Carmelo Anthony, that made me think about one of his comments in the film was they were just kids having fun and yeah. they were out on the court. They had mismatched uniforms, yep. mismatched <laughs> socks, yep. holes. And it, and it it just reminded uh, me of the love
0: yeah
1: of the game yeah and and that you know as now as a, a you know both of us mothers of professional basketball players I think that's something that they should always hold close which they yeah. do yeah. but you go back to those moments of it's not about it's not about the sneakers it's not about
0: the exactly. uniforms, it's not about the bright lights yeah it's really about the love of the game Yep. Yeah. Yep, and it was funny because I did laugh when he was talking about the mismatched socks and all that. And I'm <laughs> laughing because I was like, for the boys, it's just socks. You know, what I mean? yeah. it didn't matter if one was purple and the other one was polka dot. They just had socks on and he's on the court. It didn't matter. And it was didn't all matter. about the love of the sport. I yeah. thought it was fantastic. I actually oh. sent it to my niece because she plays basketball too. And I'm like, you have to watch this. So, I'm Oh, great.
1: To- I'll have to send you the one that I did with Skylar Diggs. Yes,
0: yes, yes. Absolutely, please. So let's... Fast forward to high school, where did he go? And in your opinion, what were those years like for him?
1: So he first, his first high school, he went to two high schools. His first high school is here in New York City, a high school called Archbishop Malloy, where um, a few other NBA players went there, mm-hmm. Kenny Smith, Kenny Anderson. And it was, it, it, you know, it was a, how, how do I describe this experience? like going from the transition because, because you're, it's like the high school basketball for the high school team. Mm -hmm. And then there's the high school basketball for the AAU team. Right. And they're just two very different experiences. Yeah. You know, I guess on one level, I could almost say his high school team that he played for, for three years, it was sort of like the difference between um, college his high school team was the difference. It was it was like his, the difference between college and the NBA was the difference between his high school team and his AAU team. Okay. That level of talent. So he didn't, like his first three years, he didn't go to like a national powerhouse. Right. A solid, a very solid high school basketball program. So in any event, uh, it was, I, what I will say, it was a, um, a learning experience for him where I think he really began to develop his game a bit more than he had from middle school. And just more organized, you know, Mm -hmm. you start to see once they're in high school, again, between the actual high school team and the AAU team, um, those traveling teams, the, the, the business of it. Yeah. You know, you get into the business like, Oh, you have to wear, you know, this you know this particular sneaker because they're a sponsor. I mean, right. just that aspect of it. Yeah. And then of course, then it moved on to as he got um, his senior year, he went to Archbishop Malloy. Um, excuse me, um, Oak Hill Academy. His senior year, which is uh, a basketball sort of a basketball powerhouse school, right. and uh, and that was that was his first time living away from home because um, it's in this place called Mouth of Wilson, Virginia. Right. <laughs> And uh, great basketball coach there, uh, Steve Smith. And uh, a lot of NBA players went there, uh, you know, from Rajon Rondo, Carmelo Anthony, yeah. Kevin Durant, uh, Strickland, a whole, whole bunch of really good players. Right. Uh, and it's just so funny because it's this powerhouse of a basketball school. And you get there and you're like, this is the powerhouse school? <laughs> like the gym is so tiny, but it's intimate. You know, I guess it's sort of like, you know, maybe like Duke's gym. Uh, whatever, it's Cameron Center that's, you know, really tiny, but it's legendary. Yeah. But in any event, uh, so high school was, that was a whole other, you know, level. I mean, you just, the, the, it it felt like the stakes just kept getting higher and higher. Yes. You know, that was what, and, and the, the pressure, (laughs) (laughs) uh, I think, to, to perform, you know, kept getting higher and higher because the stage gets bigger. Right. You know, and then um, our sons are playing basketball also uh, in the era of, um, which is fairly new, relatively speaking. I'm dating myself, but it's fairly new. We're in this era of social media, right? I mean, I remember, so, you know, like overtime, the, the you know, overtime. Mm -hmm. Yep. I remember over time when Cole was maybe a freshman in high school, I think they were just starting off. And I'm thinking, it's a high school player. People are coming to film you with, what, why are they coming to film you? What's this for? And then they're like, oh, but it's on, you know, it's on this platform. It's going to be on Twitter. It's going to be on Instagram. So there's just this expansiveness from the marketing perspective mm-hmm. Um and the reach of, of basketball. It's, you know, it's still, Cole's still there playing it because he loves it and everybody, you presumably, that's playing gets some degree of enjoyment mm-hmm. out of it. But you start to see these other elements to the marketing of the game, right. even on the high school
0: level. And it just feels like it just exploded from there well of course because now these these players are getting such a a, a broader reach and so quickly with social media yes. You know what I mean, before, back, you I mean, years prior, it wasn't like that, right? A scout actually had to go to the gym. You know what I mean? That's Fans right. actually had to follow. You know, you would phone call everybody. And you know what I mean? It was like a chain of phone calls. You know, did you hear this, this player call Anthony? You got to go watch him. He's so, right. so great. You got to go see him. That's yeah. right. <laughs> but that's now right. you're like, I already seen him. I saw him on Instagram. I saw him play <laughs> on the highlights. I saw him play. You know, it's right. so, 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 so different now. Well. During his high school years, he was one of the best players of his class, the best point guard of his class, and one of the top recruits overall. He was a McDonald's All-American. He played at the Jordan Brand Classic game and the Nike Hoop Summit and was MVP for all three. Was the NBA route obvious at that point? I can't say for me that it was obvious um,
1: because I'm, you know, still looking at him as this is my – this right. is what is it? This is my baby. Mm, Yep. You know, you're going to, um, you know, you're going to college and, uh, I want you to have the full experience of college. But, um, I know for him, that was a dream. He wanted to go and play professionally. That's just what he wanted to be doing, um, full time. Yeah. And so from that perspective, uh, I think it was for him, it was, was, uh, Pretty clear that's what he wanted to do, uh, and didn't mean you know that he was going to be able to do it, yeah. Uh, because you know doesn't always work out that way, right. um, and he, you know, as you know, went to UNC and it was a challenging year.
0: Yeah,
1: a really challenging year for him. He had surgery, um, you know, tore his meniscus, uh, you know, first time he'd ever had surgery, and um, and then almost everybody on the team got injured.
0: Yeah. It's kind of like, what's going on now? I was but. just going to say, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, wait, how are they mirroring the magic? What's going on?
1: <laughs> no, like, What's, you know, I mean, not funny, but, no. you know, ironic, but, uh, yeah. So, um, you know, but it all, you know, it, it it's, it's all part of it. It's, yeah, it's, it is. Part of it. And, you know, the, the, it's not quite the underbelly of it, but it's one of the downsides of it. It's,
0: you know, risk, reward. Absolutely. I just want to go back two seconds um, to your college process, because I'm just yes. interested in knowing what were your top two and um, why did you choose um, North Carolina? The top two colleges? Yeah. Um,
1: uh, I would say um, Oregon. You know, very different, <laughs> different coast, different yeah, style right. of play. Um, but I would say Oregon and and UNC. Yeah, yeah. I would say I would say Oregon and UNC, and I um, both. You know, excellent programs. Yeah. Top notch. Both. Um, extraordinary coaches. Uh, but um, you know, Cole ultimately made the final decision. It was his decision his decision? Uh, of UNC. And, um, I think, I think what I would say is it maybe felt a little bit like home for him. Hmm. I think there was something about the Oregon. It was so far away.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: To be across, you know, not, and not just like across the country from New York city. And it wasn't like it was Portland. You get off and the campus is, you know, 20 minutes from the airport, but you get off the plane in Portland or wherever you and to go to Eugene, Oregon. I think that's where it's like another two-hour drive, three-hour drive. Oh so goodness. it would have been really hard, yeah, for him to um, to get home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and but you know, but that aside, seriously, I mean, you know, Roy Williams uh, is such a outside of being a world-class coach, I mean, he's just such a special man who is really um, a teacher of the game. And he, as much as he's a basketball junkie, uh, for him, it was really about the kids off the court more nice. so than on the court. Okay. Believe, I mean, believe it or not, and that's what I felt. And that has, um, I don't know what it is about that man, but um, he just, he kind of tugs at the heart of his players and he, you know, tugs in my heart. <laughs>
0: Well, there's so much to say about uh, Cole's career at North Carolina. He is so passionate and competitive, and the Tar Heels were known to be a winning squad and make the Final Four. Um, and he suffered his um, it was a tear his meniscus disc, right? I believe. Yeah, right.
1: Yeah, yeah, Um And he and he still, yeah, he yes, he, that happened. And and I think it was actually. I want to say five or six games into the season, yeah. but he still played a couple more with it torn, not knowing it was torn.
0: Yeah. Well, you just thought it was just swollen or something. Oh, yeah. Well, of course he's a kid, right? There's nothing ever wrong. until right, so you're actually right. on the ground and you can't move it anymore. That's, that's, right. yeah, that's the only time they're going to admit to it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I remember asking my son like, well, why is your foot facing the other direction? Like <laughs> what's going on? Is it's okay. I'm fine. I'm like, I know, but it doesn't look good. Like, <laughs> come sit over here. So, yeah, I completely understand. But when he returned, was there a lot of pressure for him to bring the team back to mm-hmm. a winning team? No, it, it's
1: interesting. There was actually more pressure for him to not go back mm-hmm. from various people and entities right. and, and and just don't go back. Um, so there wasn't uh, so much pressure for you know, for him to go back the pressure for him to go back was he wasn't finished playing college basketball and he still wanted to go and help his teammates as, as best he could. Yeah. Um, That was, you know, what really motivated him. He still, he wanted to play more for, you know, Roy Williams and for the Tar Heels. And he really, you know, again, he really bonded with his teammates. So mm-hmm. he wanted to go back and and play and help them as much as he could.
0: Well, of course, those are his brothers, right? That's right. So there's no such thing as abandoning your brothers at the end of the that day. That is absolutely you, right. Yeah, you start the season together, you're going to finish the season together, right? I mean, right. That's, that's absolutely right. To The me, good, the bad, the ugly. Amen. You know what I mean? And, and looking at little ballers, that to me is in my mind, were cultivated for him. You know what I mean? Because I'm watching it and all the kids are bonding together. And like you said, like mm-hmm. that, there's that brotherhood. So he brought that all the way with him. You know what I mean? So yes. injured or not, he's like, listen, I'm coming back and we are going right. to finish this. Right. Not Cole's going right. to finish it. We are going to finish it. Right. So kudos to him. Well, his season at North Carolina, North Carolina wasn't as great as expected, but he still chose to declare um, for the draft. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about that a bit and the people who played a role in that decision
1: that again, that was the the decision to declare was his. Mm. that was it was that was his his decision. it was what he wanted to do um, again, you know, that basketball bug for these players who just love the game uh, there was no you know talking him into it or out of it. This was Cole yeah. you know, very singularly focused on, wanting to play basketball professionally and um, not having any distractions from doing it. And, uh, you know, he wanted to just be able to focus 100% on it. So he, that's what he wanted to do. (laughs) I didn't have, you know, I mean, he obviously had conversations, but it was, it was, it was his decision. Yeah, Like it was his decision, what, you know, college he ultimately went to. It was his decision. I mean, he, of course, you know, talks to us. He talks to, to me and my husband, Ray, and his father, mm-hmm. Greg. Um, we are, you know, like his, his sort of his brain trust. But at the end of the day,
0: he really wanted to uh, declare. right. Well, due to COVID, draft preparations was completely different uh, then, you know, and before with the virtual combine, and it's just so totally different than before. So how did Cole have to prepare for this next step?
1: Well, he was still, you know, just staying um, fit, um, you know, just physically fit, you know, riding a bike, and you couldn't, you know, get at the beginning part of, of the pandemic. I think the whole world... And particularly, you know, our household, we were just like everyone else saying, what is this alternative universe that we find ourselves Um, in where everything is shut down? You know, the gyms are shut down, the, uh, you know, just the whole world. So there was that period of, you know, this, I think that he, I wouldn't say he was in shock, um, but. I think we were just trying to figure it out. There was so much uncertainty. Yeah. You know what is actually going to happen with this with this new world order? Yeah. And so when he was finally able to, um, you know, get back in a gym and actually work out, and I think at that point maybe the the draft had been postponed. Mm-hmm. It was originally supposed to be in June. That's right. Uh, And it was at that point, it was postponed to October. And so it was such a long time from the original date. And one by one, everything, you know, live or in person, uh, you know, was canceled leading up to what historically has happened, you know, leading to the draft, you know, Summer League and um, the in-person interviews, the in-person combines. And so part of um, staying fit and um, actually, you know, working out, you know, he had to pace himself as it related to, you know, you don't want to wear yourself out. You want to keep the momentum. You want to know when to um, take a rest. And so there was all this going on. I mean, just the mental gymnastics yeah. that you go through um, when you have such um you know, unprecedented
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, in modern times, it was an unprecedented and remains to be an unprecedented. I mean, since the, you know, 1918 flu pandemic, you know, pandemic. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in modern times, we have not had anything like this that has so fundamentally altered our lives. And so as it relates to Cole and, you know, his dream to play in the NBA and the preparation, everything was, um, was just new and, um, unpredictable. So, uh, you know, but he, you know, got to a point where he was able to, with various protocols, he was able to finally get back in the gym. And then, you know, so he worked out with just, you know, different trainers off and on over the course of the summer and then come October, I think it was, or the end of September, uh, he was actually able to go down and, and he actually worked out in Miami doing you know the pre-draft training yeah uh, down there which got him ready for the draft the November 18th draft which I remember the name I mean the date November 18th not that it's so difficult but that also the draft also was on the same day as our eight-year-old's birthday he turned eight on the day of the draft as if that wasn't enough yeah (laughs) draft and you know at that age At eight years old, seven years old, the birthday is everything. I mean, that's it. And Cole's draft night. And i finally, like, I got, I brought my mother who's in Michigan. I brought her to New York and I got her safely here. And she's
0: 95 years old. So there's a lot going on. Wow. Okay. So you know what? Now let's talk about the moment of excitement. So let's talk about draft night. Like, who was with you? Who, what was your expectations for Cole? Like, give me the rundown from start to finish.
1: Um, so it was, um, nerve wracking, Yeah, Uh, you know, I mean, it was, it was nerve wracking. I mean, it was exciting, but I would say it was nerve wracking more than anything, um, just because there's just so much uncertainty of where he was going to go. And, and, and by the way, the magic were his number one choice. Oh, okay. Those, that was his, the magic was his number one choice of the teams that we knew that were, were interested in him. The magic were his number one choice, right? And so, but we just we didn't we didn't uh, know. Like I didn't know that it was going to be the magic
0: mm-hmm.
1: selecting him, and he didn't know either until maybe less than ten minutes before they picked him. <laughs> oh, okay. Wow. Less than t- I mean, if it might have been it might have been five minutes. Okay. Before, but. Um, It was, but of course we were excited and I, you know, we, I just said that morning, the morning of the draft, no matter what the outcome is, this, let's let this be a really special day. Yeah. Um, Let's enjoy it. You know, let's have some good food. (laughs) Let's allow it to be celebratory and. Um, a blessing and it will be what it is going to be. So that's what I was saying on one hand, but then on the other hand, there are the, you know, every hour, hour and a half phone calls with his agent, um, Jeff Schwartz, mm-hmm. Excel. Uh, where I'm like, you are stressing me out. <laughs> <laughs> you are really stressing me out. Um but, um, but yeah, so my mom was there. Um, mm-hmm. my husband, Greg, um, and his wife came, uh, and their two kids. And then, um, you know, Ella and Co- Ella is uh, my 18 year old. Um, Leo is my turned eight years old on November 18th. Mm-hmm. and my, um, and some close Ooh. friends nice. were there as well. Um, Um, Tanya, uh, Tanya Lewis Lee, who I wrote a book with, um, and her husband, Spike Lee, he was there, um, this good family friends from years ago. And then Cole's two best friends, he played AAU basketball with Bryce and Judah who were in Little Ballers. Oh yeah. um, Yeah. (laughs) Who, who, um, are with him, you know, in, in Orlando, they were there too. So it was, uh, it was quite a day. And then, you know, when they called his name, mm-hmm. well, we actually got a call, like, you know, that they were, but when they, but still not real until your name is called. Right. And so then Adam yeah. Silver, you know, with a 15th pick, the Orlando Magics, I mean, and it was just um, surreal and um, joyous.
0: Yeah. You know, I, I saw the video. I mean, we were so happy because I watched the draft too because I'm like, okay, who's gonna be next for the Magic? You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> and when I and when I I was like, Cole Anthony, hold on, we just check the highlights. You know what I mean? <laughs> I went to look and see who was Cole Anthony, and you know what I mean? And I was so excited. And you know what I mean. Within the magic community, the people that I speak to, you know, we're, we're texting each other, and it, it was it was really, really, really a lot of fun. You know what I mean for for us as well, because you're always right. welcoming that new new player, right? It's just it's right. so exciting, and I just I loved your family's reaction. I just think it's it's <laughs> just amazing because it's different when you're um, when you're home or doing a private gathering versus when you are um, at you know what I mean at the draft. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. So, I I don't know. I I I haven't experienced either. But mm-hmm. for me, if I had would have had a choice, I would have preferred the private gathering because that's more intimate with your family. We can run sure. around, run around the living room all you want. You know what I mean? It's just right. Right. Just, no, it was it was it ended up being no. It was it was it was great. I mean,
1: after after he was selected, it was particularly great because it was like,
0: <sighs> yeah, <laughs> you know, finally, because I
1: right? spent the you know. It was just the, again, the uncertainty and the agonizing part of, because you know, when it's your children, you want for your children more than you want for yourself. You want everything for them uh, and you want their dreams to come true. You know? Um, So for, because I just was thinking to myself, I knew, I know Cole, you know, he's a, very smart young man. He's brilliant. He's proactive. Um, he would, would be successful no matter what he does yeah. in life um, because he's really innovative as well. And just a quick learn. But at this stage in his life, he didn't have a plan B. <laughs> he go back to school, but he was, he didn't, you know, he was banking on in his heart of hearts to
0: be able to, Go play in the NBA. Yeah. That was it. Well, how did the Magic embrace Cole and welcome him to the squad? And what was it like for him to finally meet the other players? Well,
1: you know, Muhammad Bamba, who he uh, played uh, AAU basketball with in high school, uh, was so excited because, again, Mo's another one of those. Like, Mo was actually with us the night he got drafted. I mean, I think he stayed at our house that whole week that he got drafted. Um, and he's, like, another, you know, son. I've I, I had, like, 30 sons with all this <laughs> basketball players I've adopted over through the years for Cole. <laughs> um, so that was, like, the first thing. They were so excited to be able to, you know, you know be reunited. So that was um, a right. thrill. And um, all the other players, I mean, that he's, you know, just has – he said everyone has been incredibly welcoming and – you know, taking him under their wings, you know, especially just, you know, being the rookie sure. and the, the, the rookie, the rookie mistakes, you know, that you're going to make, I mean, you know, the veteran mistakes, but in particular the rookie mistakes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he just said it, he, he, He's like, those are my guys. He's yeah. like, they are my guys. Yeah. They're so, There's
0: and I brothers. like, it's great. He
1: and your son, they have like, you know, they have like a nice little pick and roll thing yes. going, which,
0: which is really cool. Yeah, <laughs> He's like, this, these are my new brothers, right? <laughs> yes, yes, that's exactly right. Well, after being drafted to a particular team, a player has to get ready to be implemented um, to the team. Some watch film, some call players or staff, et cetera. Do you know if Cole reached out to the Magic prior to his arrival to get to understand the Orlando Magic organization and what he was about to face? Yeah, well, um, actually, before they even drafted him, they had come to see
1: him play when he was working out in Florida, in Miami, where he was down there for like a month. Yeah, And he actually had they came to see him play and he had um, he had dinner with. The president, the GM, yep. and the assistant GM, where they had like I think like a three hour dinner, so they really got a chance to uh, talk and get yeah. to know. And it was just it was just the four of them. I mean, he yeah. didn't have a parent there. It was him, and I think that they really bonded and connected then. Right. And then of course you know the night of the draft, he spoke with um, the uh, the president of of the team. Yeah. Uh, as well. And, and then they wanted him to come down there, I think, maybe two days after the draft. And I that's when I my one time I went down there with him. Yeah. Uh, I went down there with him and, and my eight-year-old, which was thrilling. And that's when, like, he signed his contract yeah. and, you know, got to see the facilities and so on and so forth. But, again, everything is tempered by COVID a bit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, all the protocols around that. Because before he even went in the arena, he had to get his... Um, COVID tests right.
0: and, yeah. you
1: know, I guess it continues, continues now. <laughs> but I guess they get two tests a day, every day. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> I
1: know. I know. Yeah. No. I can't, I can't even, I mean, I get tested pretty frequently, but not every day, twice
0: a day. I know. I'm thinking, oh my, good Lord. But <laughs> I know, right. Good Lord. Okay. I mean, I guess right now with what's <laughs> going on and some players actually catching it, I guess it's kind of a good thing now. I mean. Wait, oh, what, getting the test? Yeah, I
1: know, I know. But thankfully, the vaccine's here. My mom got her first dose of it. I'm excited about that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Anyway. Well, the statistics statistics to becoming an NBA player is slim when you look at the numbers. I mean, I I believe it's like 1.3% of NCAA players are drafted to the NBA.
1: Was it? Yeah, what is it? I don't have the.
0: It's around 1.3% or something, yeah. It's, well cuz what is it? Yeah, uh, I, I was I would have thought it was less than 1%. Cuz what is
1: it? I had a graphic in little Ballers. Do you remember that I can't remember yeah. it was something like um it's changed obviously since then but when yeah. I when I made it it was something like 10-11 million. And this was just in the US. 10-11 million kids play high school basketball approximately. Yes. Approximately right. 2,000 play um division 1 basketball. Right. And sixty get drafted. Sixty are drafted. Yes. Thirty yep. make the team. Yep. Something, something yep. like that. Crazy. Uh, but now it's the game so global. I mean, yeah. you all. It's I mean, different. you look from around the the world. It's a it's a global game, and there are players from
0: anywhere, dozens of countries, yeah, across the globe, any and everywhere now. That's right. Well. Cool. Cole is very talented, but so are other thousands that play in the NCAA. Absolutely. What is it like for you as a mom when you think about the fact that your son is a part of that small percentage that made it to the NBA?
1: Well, first of all, it's still surreal. Yeah. Number one, it's still kind of, it's still, I mean, it's starting to settle in a little, you know, as I've been, you know, watching him on TV play. And I'm like, oh, he's, he's actually in the NBA, there's that, there's that part of it. And, and, you know, and, a, and it's a, and it's a blessing, yeah. you know, it is a tremendous, tremendous blessing. I don't know how else to to put it, but it is. Um, so there's that part of it. And um, then to think about it as well, it's like, I also, it's so funny. There's this renewed respect. I mean, I'm a fan of basketball, uh, I never, you know, really. I was never really good at it. That wasn't, you know, my sport. Uh, as an athlete, you know, if Cole's listened to this, he'd be like, "You weren't an athlete in anything." <laughs> I ran two New York City marathons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, he, uh, but but my my renewed respect for the talent level of the NBA now watching him play against these guys who I've watched play. um, He's watched play as a kid. He's idolized and, and see him get schooled. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Different level. Like,
1: oh, I mean, I, and it's so funny because his first, you know, game that he started, you know, sadly, sadly, after, after Markel yeah, like yeah. just breaks, breaks my heart Mm -hmm. what happened to him um but um you know Cole had to you know try Mm -hmm. to step up and and happened they you know coach started him but I was like wow the first start is against James Harden I know John Wall like really yeah (laughs) really (laughs) like it has to be against them Are you kidding me? I mean, I was, you know, and it was funny. Like as a mom watching him, like I knew he was nervous and intimidated uh, playing against them. um, And and then you know, and he's he's so competitive. They're all so competitive. But there's one point in the game where John Wall had fallen or something, and it it was not because Cole fouled him or anything, and John Wall's teammate was there helping him up. And I saw Cole kind of run over and was like helping him up yeah, too. And yeah. I was like, oh, you're like <laughs> such a fan. That's so cute. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, like, that, you know, which is great. It was excellent sportsmanship as there should be. But but it just, I, I, it was extra. I was like, are yeah. oh, you really need the kind of extra with this? <laughs> That's
0: funny. That is a rookie move.
1: <laughs> right, 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 right. No, but it was <laughs> And so, um, and then I'm just thinking, and then tonight, he has to play Harden twice. Mm -hmm. I know. I was like, really? I know. I was like, like, what? Harden's making his debut. And here in New York on the cover of the news today um, was a big picture of Harden with the caption, fear the beard. And James Harden had been my eight-year-old's favorite player. In the NBA, he just loved James Harden. Like, he, whenever the Rockets would lose, he would just cry and cry and cry and cry. And um, he saw that and he was like, oh boy. <laughs> he's like, he's against Harden tonight and Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant.
0: That's too funny. So he's like, I just played the beard a couple of days ago. I'm like, <laughs> the trade, trade couldn't trade, happen. I gotta, I gotta play you on another team. I know, and the trade couldn't happen next week. He was like, <laughs> so. I know I was watching wow. that game and I had to laugh because I I, I remember our our rookie Kareem Mene was guarding oh. James Harden and I'm like really I like <laughs> I was like oh wow. that's right. how did I can get- yes yes and I was like poor Kareem I mean just to say you know what I mean he came from yeah, Montreal I mean- and you know what I mean he's like what twenty just starting he came from college in in Montreal Quebec right to the Orlando Magic and he's guarding James <laughs> Harden. And I was sitting there watching this game and I'm like, "Okay, I got it. Yeah, I got to see what's going to happen here.
1: (laughs) And and that's my point around that is it's a reminder of just how
0: high the talent level is. Absolutely. And I loved it (laughs) because that just pushed Kareem to do what he was. You know what I mean? Like you're on this team now. You know, you're no different than anybody else. And this isn't the first time you're going to be, you know what I mean, playing versus a veteran player. So do what you got to do, because this is why we have you here. This is why we recognize your talent. And he held his own, but it was just funny because we're like, wait, what? (laughs) We're like, hold on a minute. (laughs) I was watching last night's game and Cole, he got hurt. Is he okay? No, I think he was he was fine. He was when
1: he hit his head. Yeah. Yeah, 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 no, he was. I could tell he was fine after that. Yeah,
0: okay, I w- he was, he got it when I watched, um, when it we like went in the hip of um, the other, um, the other player, I can't yeah, remember. The his name. It
1: was the same guy yeah. that Cole mm-hmm. got called for with that shot. With that, yes, yes, yeah.
0: and you know the cameras focusing on Cole laying on the ground, and I see these bright blue shoes come and yank him up, and then Cole just drops back on the ground, and I'm like, is that my son? Is that-? <laughs> like let him go was just funny because you know all i see is cole's body lift and then drop and i guess he was like you're not ready oh okay <laughs> and then the shoes walk away and i just had to laugh because i'm like oh poor cole but i mean i was of course i mean we knew later he was better but i mean as a mom right. you don't ever want to see no your no, child
1: no hurt in yeah any, i know for anywhere. a minute i was like what happened because they were like cole is down and i was like what happened and when they put the camera back on i was like is he hurt and then i saw him but i could it, it did not seem like
0: he was really hurt right right uh, like, seriously hurt, I think. You know, yeah. It was just kind of jarred a bit. Yeah. I just want to ask, basketball has been a big part of your life for quite some time now. Is there mm-hmm. a difference in the role of being an NBA wife versus an NBA mom? Um, well, as an
1: NBA mom, I'm just so much more vested in it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So much more so vested eh? in it. Yeah. I mean, as a as a high school mom, as a middle school basketball mom, or you know, I'm just more vested in it. More because, involved, eh? Yeah, and just yeah. the um the intensity level. Mm, for sure. As a, as a parent. You know, it's uh, just the fact that the spectator sport that it is. Yeah. Uh is amped up, um, you know, infinitely when it is your child that you're, you know, spectating. It's just a different, it has, you have a, you have a physical reaction when your child is out there, you know, on the court performing. I mean, and, and when there, there's so much, you know, there's just, it just feels like there's so much at stake.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: People watching and, you know, the the performative um, paranoia you have. uh, There's just a lot of other elements that go into play.
0: Yeah. Have you had the opportunity to watch them play live at the Amway Center yet? Sadly,
1: I have not had a chance to. I've been trying to figure out how I can pull it off. um, Because um, in New York State, if you travel... Um, to a non-contiguous state from New York Mm -hmm. uh, and come back to New York, you have to be quarantined for 14 days. Now you can test out, but I would have to, I'm trying to figure out how I can do it because I would have had to bring my eight-year-old Leo Mm -hmm. who's called Leo and Cole are best friends. If I were to go to Florida to see Cole play live and not take Leo, I just don't know if he would ever forgive me. So I'm trying to figure... Because he he would have to stay out of school for 14 days. Right. Um, and he wouldn't want to be... Out, so I'm trying to figure that out. It's mm. just a whole lot. It's just a lot of decisions around <laughs> that. I feel but you. The, 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 the short answer <laughs> to your question is no. Sadly, I've not had a chance to see uh, Cole play in person yet. I'm really very yeah. sad about
0: that. Oh, I feel you. I mean, I've seen... Can play. I've been to the Amway Center many times, but this season, for the same reasons, I, I mean, I can't, I can't go either. You know what I mean? I, it's, it's getting out the country is, is an issue, right? I mean, I can get out the country, but it's just getting back and then right, doing and the fourteen back. day quarantine, and yeah, it doesn't interest me to sit inside the house for fourteen days. It really does. No, go. no, no. It's uh-uh. just,
1: it's a, it's a lot. It so, is. It's a lot to do it.
0: It is. It's like being in prison. Yeah. I mean, no, thank you. I know. No. I mean, <laughs> no. So hopefully, so, hopefully this will be all said and done soon. So you and I can sit together and and I cheer know. our boys on. I, uh, uh, I
1: can't. I, I, listen, I am so looking forward to that day.
0: Oh, yeah. Very, very soon. Very soon. Soon and very soon. Yes. I want to ask you some fun facts now about Cole. Oh, okay. Yeah. What is your go to dish that you make that he just absolutely loves? That I make? Yep. That he loves? Mm -hmm. Um, Well, if we take pizza out of the equation,
1: which (laughs) is his favorite food, um, you know, some very gourmet dishes like scrambled eggs and cheese, Mm -hmm. scrambled hard. He loves that. Uh, (laughs) Toasted. Um, peanut butter sandwiches. Yeah, he likes the, you know, protein on the toast. Pe- he loves peanut butter. <laughs> um, but he doesn't, but Cole, do- he doesn't eat that much. He has a very finicky mm. diet. Um, he does not, he doesn't eat um, red meat. Okay. Uh, and so, so there's no hamburgers, no steaks, no. Uh, and chicken, he's so particular. He only, I, like the way he likes chicken I don't really know how to prepare it the way he likes it. Okay.
0: <laughs> Was he always picky as a child? Yes. Oh, yes. my God. My son he's ate everything. Pretty, he's
1: he's always <laughs> really he's pretty much been picky. Um, penne pasta with butter and salt. <laughs> exotic. We're getting exotic now. I tell you,
0: I'm like, wow.
1: Okay. 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 He's different.
0: <laughs>
1: um, and um, I'm trying to think what else that I make that, that he likes? That's, but I, I cook, I cook, you know, lots of dishes, but I wish he ate salmon. I mean, I, Mm. I have a green salmon dish, but he does not like, he doesn't like fish either.
0: Well, I'm gonna hold you to that because I eat salmon so often that People are telling me, okay, enough with the mercury, put it down. I was like, because <laughs> I love, love, love Sabbath. Just as so. long
1: as you're not glowing. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Want be as okay. long as I'm not shiny. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, like the glow from something. Yes. yeah. Good glow, the beauty glow. Yep. We'll take that. But, but not the mercury glow. I feel you. Not, not the mercury glow. Yeah. Pass on that one. <laughs> what was one item as a child that he could not live without? Oh gosh, one item, like a physical item that he something that he just couldn't live without always had that you noticed that he Uh, just always if I mean if he had a favorite item, you know what I mean? You know, I I can't
1: say that it was just one item, but there were like things that he was really into. Yeah, he was really, really into Pokemon.
0: Awesome,
1: loves yeah. Pokemon. Yeah, my uh, son too. Yeah, oh really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. he would have. He had some, you know, little Pokemon impersonations that he would do that were pretty funny. <laughs> um, and that was that was one of his favorite things. I mean, he did go prior to that when he was younger. I mean, he actually he was he did. He did go through the Thomas the Tank Engine stage when he was yeah. like two and three years old. <laughs> you know Thomas. Yep.
0: Thomas the Engine. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Yep. And so I would collect a lot of those trains for him, and he was really attached, though. So there, right. there were some moments he'd go to bed holding them in
0: his hands. Oh, that's you know? fantastic. That's fantastic. Real Thomas train. I remember my son. He absolutely loved um, Pokemon. <laughs> And I used to I laugh. I think there was like 109 of them, and he used to name them all. And I used to get so angry. And I said, "So you know your schoolwork like that? You better know your math." Right? <laughs> right. Yeah. No, Cole's the same way. <laughs>
1: and so now my eight-year-old's into Pokemon, but now they're over. I want to say I don't want to like offend the the Pokemon fanatics, right. but I do know that there are now over 600
0: oh my Pokemon. Wow. And
1: Cole can name all of them. Oh my God. He can oh. name every. St- I mean, he knows them so well. When Leo was like, What Pokemon is this, Cole? <laughs> like, call him um, and show him. And-, and Cole's just like, That's, you know, Raphaelza
0: <laughs> or Turtle. That's <laughs> funny. Did you have a childhood nickname for him? And if so, what was it? Um, You know, um, Pumpkin or Bug. <laughs> Do you still call him that in public?
1: I don't really call him Pumpkin anymore. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was like stop that. I mean he's, you know. And then he had, he had a couple cousins or a cousin that called him Cole, Cole which he couldn't stand.
0: <laughs> he liked Pumpkin but not Cole, Cole. Pumpkin. pumpkin.
1: All right. He was too young to protest it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it. She was just
0: like <laughs> in his head he's like stop it. <laughs> so tell me mom, what three tips would you give a mom who has to deal with a coaching decision that they do not agree with. That has to deal with the coaching decision as it relates to their, their child. Yep. Just say you and a mom are sitting there watching a game and uh-huh. a coach made a decision and that mom next to you did not agree with it. Like what would you get? Like what advice would you give her? Based on that scenario, if
1: she's just venting to me about something, uh I mean, I think I would probably just listen because it can be so emotional yeah. um, when, you know, a mom or a dad feels a certain way. If she asked my advice, you know, if she pointedly it was like, oh, I was just going off on the culture. What do you think about that? <laughs> it depends on how close I am right. with her. Uh, I just I've, I feel like I'm obviously not a veteran mom. I mean, my kids are rookie, but I feel like I've just been through so many different iterations of coaches, just even getting to the point where he's in the NBA. I feel like the one thing that I've learned is. I, I just keep my mouth shut. Yeah. On on something like that, because um, the coach is the coach. You know, the, co- the coach, Amen. the coach is the coach. Yeah. That is, that's, that's the coach's job. You got to respect, you got to respect the, the coach. And you, you know, you start second guessing everything. And it gets, it, to me, it just would lead to a negative place, even getting into that headspace. Yeah. And I wouldn't even want to be in that headspace for Cole. Right. Because yeah. um, that's introducing, in my view, that would be introducing negativity. Yeah. And, and something that, I wouldn't want him focusing on. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, something that I've always tried to teach Cole just in life and particularly as it relates to ba- as applied to basketball is, you know, just you have to self you have to look yourself in the mirror, self responsibility, accountability. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. So you need to be taking care of what you need to be taken care of. And a part of a part of that is, is listening to what your coach tells you
0: to do. Doesn't really matter what I think about it. Absolutely. What advice would you give to a player about how to deal with a difficult teammate? How to deal with a with a difficult teammate? teammate yeah.
1: I mean, my my again, this is a, a, a my philosophy, my my husband's philosophy. How we try to live our lives, we try to just always um, rise above the fray, just as a matter of principle. And to um, be, you know, be the bigger person yeah. in a in in any given situation. But perhaps even more importantly than that is something that that my husband actually taught me, and I think I knew it, but I didn't put it in these terms: is you have to always allow another person their dignity. Yes, and so. Looking at it from that perspective, to me, that also entails um, having a level also of of empathy. And to be empathetic as a human being is a a real gift. For sure. Um, It's a gift to humanity. I think if we were all empathetic, the the world would just be a better place. And I don't mean to sound all kumbaya-ish here. but so, so from that perspective, I also, um, again, have tried to live my life uh, from the perspective of if I'm having a problem with somebody, if I'm having an issue with a, with somebody in work or somebody in whatever, you know, situation there may be, I try to figure out what am I doing to contribute to this. Right,
0: right. Because rarely, rarely
1: is it all only one person's fault yeah you know rarely is it is it's so you know there's what is it there's the uh you know not to get freudian but to go into psychology for a moment but the id the ego and the Mm superego and it's how society looks at you how you look at yourself and how you really are
0: yeah
1: which is similar to the three sides to every story his side
0: yeah her side and and the the truth.
1: truth absolutely and so, I think as a teammate, uh, you know, taking it back and applying it to as being a teammate, um, be empathetic to how your teammate might be feeling in that situation. Ask yourself how you might have contributed to not getting along and be solution oriented.
0: Yeah. Easier
1: name. said than done. Yeah. <laughs> so true. Particularly, you know, with these young men with egos. Yeah. Um, and bravado, but if you could just take it down, bring it down, try to understand where your teammates coming from himself, say, what did I do? You know, but but one thing I like that you see on the court, which I think is, is actually miles ahead of the general population. And one of the benefits of, of, of teamwork and working with the team, you know, how you see on the court, one of them messes up and they're like, my bad.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, like immediately accepting responsibility. Of course. That's such a healthy way. It is. To live. And, and you know, you think about it, most work environments, you don't have sort of that immediate, like my bad, my fault if something that gets, you know, messed up, but immediate, like, you know, my bad, I threw that bad pass. That's right. I, you know, my bad. I Own wasn't. Own it and move I, I, on.
0: Own it and right. just move on. Right. And that's what Own, you that's have right. to do is, you know. Own it and move on. That's absolutely. exactly Absolutely. Right. My last question to you is, if you could give one piece of advice to another courtside mom, what would it be?
1: Oh, wow. As a mother of a, of an athlete, of a basketball player, of a high-level player, or even not so high-level player, however that's mm-hmm. being defined, but as the mother of a basketball player, I would tell a mom, um, again, easier said than done but in, always try to remember to find the joy in the game and keep it in perspective as intense as as we can be. And this is sort of my, like, ultimate fallback. Mm -hmm. Because we all, look, we all rejoice when our kid has a great game. That's, like, so exciting. You know, it's wonderful. It's like this, you're just thrilled for your kid. Face it in the NBA, oftentimes you're going to have more bad games than good games. And I said this to Leo, my eight-year-old the other night, um, because he was crying after one of the losses. (laughs) Um, I was like, look at it like this, Leo, on any given night in the NBA, 50% of the teams, half the teams are losers on any given night. That's true. So keep it in perspective and pull back. And as much as we all want to win and we want our kids team to win and we want them to perform well, understand it may be a high stake game and a high price game and a multi-billion dollar industry at this level. Mm-hmm. Um, it, is still, it is still a blessing that they're able to do what they love to do at this level.
0: That is great advice for any mom For any player on any level like you were saying before um, is it am I asking you the question for a high level player or a player that's just beginning at the end of the day every player no matter what level they play they feel that they're a high level player you know what I mean? Yes, They're on a team. Right. You know what I mean? AAU. That's
1: right. No, you're right. You know what I you're, mean? You're absolutely right. So my, I, my second grader, he feels like his team. He feels like it's the highest, and it is. You're right.
0: Yeah, for his level and his age, absolutely, he's where he needs to be at. Right? You know what I mean? That's they, right. they, they see that dream, but on, you know, I mean, on the court at that moment, you know what I mean? Like, yo, we're 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 high level players. You know what I mean? We play on a team. We you know we got yes. uniforms. Yeah, uniform, yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> Right, Absolutely, right. Crystal, you are fantastic. I really, really, really appreciate you coming on the show. I'm so excited! Congratulations on becoming a magic mom. Thank you. i tell you thank
1: you,
0: love it, love it. I've been it. I for- can't wait till they're all together. <laughs> I know, I know, and I'm I'm praying that it's um, very, very soon. <laughs> I know. It's you. well overdue. And as soon as I make my way to the Amway Center, I'm going to call you and say, listen, let's get down there. Please (laughs) let me know. And we want to wish your husband all the success and luck in his race. Thank you. Yes. It is a grind. Listen, everything we do in life that's worth it is a grind, right? If it's not a grind, then it's just not worth doing. Don't waste your time. So, you know what I mean? Like, and for Cole, you know what I mean? Let him ball out. I'm excited to see what our boys are going to do in a couple of hours. You know what I mean? Like I said to my son, whether we lose the game or win the game, it's how you play that matters. That's right. You know what I mean? So, to me you you know what I mean. I tell them all the time, like you're a winner. Last time my son got a double double. It's cool. You know what I mean. So I'm yes. like, you, good for you. Do you That's play right. you? And the same thing for That's Cole. Right. You know what I mean. Play you and and you know what I mean. And and just let's move magic forward. That's right. Yes. yes. Well, thank you so much for coming on Courtside Moms, and let's thank keep you. in touch. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. It was a pleasure. Thank you so much, Crystal. Bye bye. Bye. Thank you for tuning in, guys. Don't forget to follow us on social media at courtside moms and make sure you subscribe to the podcast. It's all in me.